0: It sometimes seems as though nothing can fix it, but we're going to look at some of the problems and some of the solutions. Uh, Welcome to quantum number 97. We're going to go to Nigeria and Northern Ireland and America and Australia and Sweden and China and Hong Kong. Uh, We'll have music by the Sugar Babes and Elvis and Fleetwood Mac. Uh, That should be enough variety for you, but man, uh, there's so much to comment on this week. I guess we really do have to begin with the only subject that's pushed covid out of the headlines and that is George Floyd who we mentioned last week and whose death murder it has sparked riots and protests uh, all over the world to some degree what have we to make of this when i look at my social media it just despairs causes me to despair the tribalism one wants to say almost nothing, but you can't say nothing about this. Let's first of all consider George Floyd himself. There was a fascinating interview on the BBC. Listen to this. Tell me a bit more about what sort of a man
2: he was. To get into a neighbourhood, to be able to operate as a ministry in that neighbourhood, you need people who believe in what you're doing and who open the doors. And so we call those guys... Uh, OGs. They are respected, known, loved, admired, appreciated in that neighborhood so that when they say, hey, these are some good guys. OG stands for what? The original terminology back in the 90s was, you know, original gangster, but that's that's not how we use it now. It's more so a, a term for a mentor, an elder in the community, someone who's been through wars, and has come out on the other side, and they've got wisdom.
0: You you say someone who's been through wars, he had, of course,
2: I think in my community and in America, I think Big Floyd's death is an inflection point. And what I mean by that is, uh, in the words of the scripture, we're either going to have to master this sin of racism, or this sin of racism is going to master us. Floyd is a unique individual in that many people have come to his defense and have told his story. And man, I think he's a Christ figure, just like Abel, who was the innocent sufferer, Job, an innocent sufferer. Abel cut down in the prime of his life. His blood is speaking and people want vengeance. And I hope on the other hand, that his blood also speaks of redemption as Christ did. But you know, I think right now, man, we're at an inflection point. So many people I've talked to.
0: Floyd was considered to be a bridge, an OG, an original gangster, a mentor, an elder in the community. Uh, I suspect his history is pretty checkered. He was on a church program in Minnesota. He went there because he wanted to be disciples and he was mentoring a lot of guys. His death is just unspeakably sad. But what is also unspeakably sad is what is death has been turned into. So whether it's virtue signalling politicians or Antifa activists or just thugs taking the opportunity or people wanting to get themselves new Nike shoes or uh, computer equipment as stores are ransacked all over the place and neighbourhoods are destroyed. How is this justifiable in any way whatsoever. Listen to this woman talking, uh, this African-American woman talking about how her life has been destroyed.
1: I live in the high rise right back here and I seen them as they came down Lake Street, but then they turned and started coming over here and I'm sitting out looking in my, out my window And they went straight to Office Max, the dollar store, and every store over here that I go to, I have nowhere to go now. I have no way to get there because the buses aren't running. These people did this for no reason. It's not going to bring George back here. George is in a better place than we are. Last, last night, i will be honest, I wish I was where George was because this is ridiculous. These people are tearing up our livelihood.
0: This is the only place... Yeah, I she's right. It shop. ain't going to bring George back. And the despair in her saying, I wish I was where George was, she's wishing she was dead because of people protesting about his death. They've killed people. Other people have died because of this. Uh, Humanity at some time is mad. Now, there is a profound and deep issue with systemic racism, especially in the USA, but it exists in other places too. Um, Here in Australia, we're not exempt from it. And in the UK, we're not exempt from it. And let me tell you this, that racism is not just done by one race or one color. Racism is all over the place and has been and probably will continue to be, which doesn't justify any of it. It doesn't make it right, what's happened in the US. doesn't mean that it shouldn't be dealt with, but it does mean, I suspect, that there are no simple answers. Like well, let's talk about these demonstrations a bit because I, I, in the UK, there have been demonstrations. Now, just listen to this
1: is that we've got people on this side of the Atlantic reacting to what's happening on in the United States? Well the fact is is that police brutality is happening across the planet in many countries, not just this one, but all over the world. And it needs to stop, it needs to end. But The fact is is that we have to support those people in our other countries as well. We have to stand together because this is a worldwide issue and we all live on this planet. We have got a worldwide pandemic though and actually you look down there and it looks a little bit like these pictures we've seen on beaches which everyone's been complaining of. People are really close together. Is that okay? Yes, because at the end of the day, if they're not going to do these things, they're killing people in the streets. This virus, we might not all catch. We we have to be that that murder that murder is happening. Those people are not being spared. So this to me is more important than hiding away just to protect my own life. I'd rather come out here, risk my life to support others so they don't get killed and beaten up and blown up in the streets. I've had enough of
0: it. So here's the puzzle for me. I have lots of puzzles with this. Yeah, I can see a reason for a good reason for going on a demonstration. In fact, there's one in Sydney on Saturday at twelve o'clock, and I may even go myself. I'm not sure. I'm I'm, I'm thinking about it. I, I'm I don't think it's a bad thing to do. However, I have several problems, particularly with that interview. Number one is a man called Barry Gardner. Now Barry Gardner is a Labour, not just MP, but um shadow minister of something or other. And he's somebody who tweeted, who campaigned for Dominic Cummings to be removed from office because he went on a trip. You know the story. He went on a trip to Durham to find somewhere for his child to be kept safe in case they were sick. Both of them ended up being sick. Now, Mr. Gardner said this was ridiculous. Mr. Gardner said the rules have to be obeyed. Mr. Gardner said that it doesn't matter about your family. In that sense, we all have to just stick with the rules. And yet here he is breaking, breaking the law. It's illegal in the UK at the moment to have that kind of gathering. It is illegal to have that without social distancing. There's just, there's no way around this. And yet he's prepared to do it. And so have many other MPs. And so of many other celebrities. And what they've done is they've made an absolute mockery of all that people have been through in the past few. Because what is more important, to be able to attend a funeral or to be able to go to a protest march about something that happened in another country? What's more important, to be able to worship God with 100 people or to be able to gather in Trafalgar Square with 10,000 people? What is more important, to be able to visit your sick friend, your elderly parents or to be able to go on a demonstration and show how virtuous you are. I'm sorry, but Gardner, Jeremy Corbyn and others are virtue-signalling hypocrites. And worse than that, what really bothers me about this, it's the 10th anniversary of hundreds, if not thousands, of Yazidi women being raped and killed. Where were these politicians when the Rotherham girls, in their own country were being abused. And when this came out, what did Jeremy Corbyn do? And and Gardner, the MP who exposed it, was fired. And one of the demonstrators in that clip said that police brutality existed in many countries. That's true. So where's Corbyn and others demonstrating against the brutalities in Iran? Or what about China? And we'll come on to some of those in a moment. What about the Gilets Jean? If you're concerned about the violence of police in America, what about the violence of police in France? Does nobody care about that? And then something else, and this is where it's the hypocrisy stinks. You see, black lives matter. Now, I think it's a bit trite to say that all lives matter, because the particular point about this is that in some areas and in some segments of the United States, it appears as though black lives matter less. And so therefore it's right to draw attention to that. However, when you've got people going round saying black lives matter as though life... I want to ask them, do all lives matter? And they're going to say yes, of course they are, aren't they? Well, when they say that, I want to ask them about Northern Ireland. What do I mean? Well, in Northern Ireland, there's some rather good news this week. The members of the Northern Ireland Assembly have voted by 46 to 40 to oppose the UK government's abortion regulations which have been imposed on Northern Ireland by Westminster. This motion was tabled in response to Heidi Crowter, a brave 24-year-old disability campaigner who has spoken out against the proposal of the UK government to impose on Northern Ireland abortion up to birth in cases of disability like Heidi's uh, own Down syndrome. Well, good for Heidi. Great for Heidi. I'm really glad that she did this and I'm glad it was passed. And we shall now see what the Westminster Parliament does, especially the Welsh and Scottish nationalist MPs who agree that Westminster should not interfere. Are they saying that Westminster should continue to interfere on this one? But here's the point. Do the lives of these babies matter or not? And speaking about black lives, it seems to me that there are some black lives that matter more than others. If you're an American, then people will demonstrate on the streets all over the world, here in Australia, in Europe and elsewhere. But there were 20 black lives that were lost in the past week in Nigeria. 20 Christians were killed by Fulani tribesmen. Where were the protests about that? Where are the people on the street in that? Are we only saying that black lives matter if they're in America or in the UK or in Australia why don't black lives matter in Africa? I'm sorry, but I honestly think that people are just, this is not a a, a, a whataboutery thing. It's just sheer hypocrisy. To say that everyone should be treated equally, but then to treat other people more equally, if you like, than others. Okay, let's change subject and let's change language and let's hear a little bit of Swedish.
2: Ja, jag tror det finns säkert förbättringspotential eller det vi har gjort i Sverige helt klart. Och det var ju väldigt bra att,
0: liksom, veta mer exakt vad mer är det man ska stänga ner, så att säga, för att hindras misstänkningar. This brings us back to COVID, um, and it's really interesting. I want to include this because it's a report that appeared in the Financial Times, that appeared in the Daily Mail, and that's appeared in others. And it says basically this: that Anders Tegnell, Sweden's state epidemiologist, is saying that his um, policy has failed and he's criticised other countries' lockdowns but now the Guardian says he admits mistakes. But there's something really strange about this. And that's why I'm you go to today's Swedish press or yesterday's Swedish press and the remarks were made on Swedish radio and there's almost nothing in there. Why? Because his remarks and I've got a translation of them. I'm sorry my Swedish isn't that great. Because he was stating the obvious. He says there's more that could have been done. But we don't know, he said. All the other car- countries started with the lots at once. The problem with that is that you don't really know which of the measures you have taken has the best effect. Maybe we know that now when you start undoing restrictions one by one and then maybe we get some kind of lesson about it, what else besides what we did we could do short of total shutdown. And he's saying he suspects that the correct path would be somewhere between the Swedish approach and the rest of Europe. And the English language headlines are lies. The Guardian, again, just lies. They're basically making this stuff up. Of course, he says, Sweden made mistakes. But to say anything else would be strange. To be honest, I love his honesty. I love the Swedes' honesty. I hate what's happening in Scotland, where care homes are now the number one cause of death, not hospitals. A number one place of death for COVID. I hate what's happening in the UK, where 30,000 people with COVID probably flew into the UK. Meanwhile, people were forbidden from going to visit their parents or going for a walk in the Yorkshire Dales or whatever. No, I hate it. I hate what's happening in America, all of it. And I I just, I, I like the honesty of the Swedes. Okay, speaking of honesty, you're not going to get that from the Chinese government. Because again, you see all you people protesting about African-Americans being being oppressed in America. Okay, I think that's right. I'm not saying that's wrong. But I'm saying, why are you so selective? Did you know that the Chinese government, apart from having one million Uyghur Muslims in, in effect in prison, killing them as well, not a squeak from you about that, that they're closing down churches left, right and centre. And I've got a report of 48 churches being closed down in two weeks. The, the Chinese are really taking advantage of COVID to continue to have a go at things. In Uganda's Daxi Township, a village press secretary told believers that shutting down churches and demolishing crosses was a part of state policy. The press secretary said that there were too many believers in the county after an inspection by the government. The secretary said when so many believe in God, who will listen to the Communist Party? There's no other choice but to remove crosses from your churches. In addition, the government has ordered that religious symbols be purged from the home of believers. Yeah. What about Hong Kongers? What's happening in Hong Kong? Well, one bit of good news is the british government seems to be implying that 3 million hong kongers will have the right to come to the united kingdom which personally i think is excellent and those of you who are keen on immigration you should be you should be looking forward to that i think it's a it's a great idea what a boost that will be to britain but meanwhile, in Hong Kong, the Chinese government are taking the opportunity put forward by COVID to suppress the people there. And of course, in the West, there are no demonstrations by concerned Westerners against that. No Jeremy Corbyn or, or Barry Gardner or Dawn Butler on the streets about that. And no protests from the Vatican, because the Vatican has this detente policy with the Chinese Communist Party, and it's dreadful for China's Catholics. And then the capitalists, they're all into communism as well. HSBC, one of the world's biggest banks and other corporations, have issued statements supporting the policy of the Chinese Communist Party to take away the freedoms of the Hong Kong people. And in academia as well, good old academia, where the academics right now will be pontificating about the evils against African Americans. And again, not wrong to do so, But they are silent about what happens with China. Not only silent, but it becomes very difficult to say anything as a student. Drew Pavlov, student activist in the University of Queensland, has been suspended for two years, listen to this, for criticising the university's links to Beijing. Dan Andrews, the state premier in Victoria, signs a deal with China and it turns out that one of his staffers has been tweeting about how Covid came from America. Again I think my word of the day is, they're just hypocrites. Okay, let's go somewhere else. Um, Let's do something else. Let's listen to a bit of music. All right, maybe not a lot of you are big Sugar Babes fans, and I'm not. I was just fascinated with an interview that I heard with one of the Sugar Babes, Keisha, and talking about being a Christian. Now, I've got so many mixed feelings about it. I I want to believe she's a believer. I want to believe she's a sister in the Lord. And yet, I look at the Sugar Babes stuff, and it's overtly sexual. It's overtly provocative. How are you doing that as a Christian? That doesn't make sense to me. It's like somebody saying, I'm a Christian, but I'm a racist. How does that work? It's possible, I suppose. Uh, I don't know. I really, really don't know. It was a puzzle to me. Anyway, speaking of uh, sex and sexuality, uh, Steve and I, Steve McAlpin and I, my colleague, we did something on the kitchen table. Please do have a look at it. Uh, Talking about what Tom Holland, absolutely fascinating piece, what Tom Holland says about the Christian view of sex actually liberating people and going back to the Greco-Roman pagan view is going to imprison them. Well, it's just interesting, with COVID, a report in the... uh, Australian newspaper states that sex scenes may soon fade from our screens. Well, thank goodness. They're so unrealistic anyway, and they're so crude, and they're so damaging. No, we don't need them. Leave it to the imagination, if you like. But because of COVID, they're saying you can't do them. Although, on the other hand, adultery is now permitted in Taiwan, But paradoxically, not allowed in the UK. You are not allowed to go and visit your your lover, apparently under the new laws. You can go with thousands of other people to Trafalgar Square to demonstrate about events in another country. But you can't go and visit your lover. All right, let's just take one other bit of news about COVID. I love this story. This is a 106-year-old woman who has become the UK's oldest coronavirus survivor, Frida Hodgson, survived the Spanish flu as a child 100 years ago. She has no fewer than 52 great-grandchildren. She went through COVID, and since then she's gone back to drinking her much-loved brandy and ginger, and she credits her long life to being stubborn. One other thing about COVID, actually. uh, John Stott, this is fascinating. This is from... Between Two Worlds, The Challenge of Preaching Today, published in 1982, and it's, it's like a prophecy, and it's wonderful. It's difficult to imagine the world in the year AD 2000, by which time versatile microprocessors are likely to be as common as simple calculators are today. We should certainly welcome the fact that the silicon chip will transcend human brain power, as the machine has transcended human muscle power. Much less welcome will be the probable reduction of human contact as the new electronic network renders personal relationships ever less necessary. And in this lockdown age where churches are struggling to get back to meet again, these are prescient words. In such a dehumanised society, says Stott, the fellowship of the local church will become increasingly important, whose members meet one another and talk and listen to one another in person rather than on screen. In this human context of mutual love, the speaking and hearing of the word of God is also likely to become more necessary for the preservation of our humanness, not less. More necessary. All right, I'm gonna love you and leave you. Um, you know that the theweefly.com the is my blog. I was so funny. Uh, we had a tradie in this week and he told my wife that he had come across me on the internet And he'd looked it up because he thought theweefly.com was a pest control thing and I was a pest controller. (laughs) Brilliant. One of the albums, I was doing these ten albums, the number four, an album I remember well, is Dreams by Stevie Nicks. Fabulous album. Stevie Nicks is the singer. The album is Fleetwood Mac's Rumours, and I remember one happy summer spent painting a biggery, a nig in Easter Ross. It took me six weeks to do it, and every day, Rumours was on the radio. Brings back memories. And then the last thing is this piece of music um, from the BBC uh, did a report on uh, Cathod, the Catholic Aid Agency. And the most popular hymn, they did a a survey of the most popular hymn in times of crisis was How Great Thou Art. I love what Keith Getty has to say about it. Love the fact we talked about the Swedes. It was a Swedish melody. And we're going to go out with this. um, Elvis singing How Great Thou Art. Just... Astonishing, actually.
2: Thank you very much, we'd like to do a, a gospel song, ladies and gentlemen, that we did in
0: 1966, called How Great Thou Art. God is great. That's our only hope, the world is amiss. Hopefully see you next week. You got any news, please feel free to send it in to me, any comments as well. If you want to support Quantum, then go on to the Podbean fundraiser and do so there. But remember, our God is great. And we cry to him to have mercy upon this sin-sick world. See you next week.
2: I see the stars I hear the rolling thunder I power
1: throughout
2: The universe displays Sing it fellas.
1: When Christ shall come, with
2: shall of acclamation to take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. And they proclaim, Oh, my God, how great the world! They sing my song, my Savior God, to thee.